0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number ninety-seven of Let's Go Racing with David Star and Tyler Johnson with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we will break down the new NASCAR Hall of Fame class of twenty twenty-three that was just inducted over the weekend. Plus, take a look at the top headlines from around the sport, as well as our Ask David segment coming up at the end of today's show. As always, David Starr. John just right now. David, what's going on in your world? How was your week, man?
1: Man, I'm a good week, man. Just uh busy trying to trying to figure out my NASCAR uh season for 2023. It's been a big challenge and uh stressful, but uh man just just working hard trying to trying to navigate that and uh hope to be in Daytona. So I'm I'm man, I'm I'm fighting and clawing hard to do that. And, uh, Tyler, you you live here in Dallas. We uh, had a little snow this evening, which is kind of cool. But, man, what a great week. How about you guys? How was y'all's week, man.
0: It was good. Uh, I went down to uh, Waco on Monday and saw my Jayhawks, unfortunately, lose to Baylor. So uh, that wasn't too great. But uh, on the flip side, my Chiefs are playing in the AFC Championship game. Champs go to the Super Bowl on Sunday. So uh, I am uh, doing good in the neighborhood. How about you, Dom?
2: Well, at least your team made the playoffs. At least your team didn't choke week 17, but but yeah, I'm over it. I'm over it. And it's taking a few weeks to get over that. At least my team beat David's team, the Dallas Cowboys. But no, I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. Spending some time here in Santa Fe with the wife and son, and life's going great, and I'm looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be
1: fun.
0: which, you mentioned the Cowboys choking. David, uh, how heartbroken were you on Sunday, another Cowboys playoff loss?
1: Oh man, you know, we, we, it's been 20 something years since they uh-huh. won the playoff game, you know, so, uh, you, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't build it up too high to, to, you know, cause of the, the, the long fall is tough, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, you're, you're hopeful, but, uh, hey, man, it's the agony of defeat, man, you know, and, uh, uh, it's just sports, you know, and, uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's, I just feel bad for all the, the, the Cowboy fans all across the nation, you know what I mean? The Cowboy Nation is uh, wasn't, you know, I think everybody was sick and, uh, you know, is, was it surprising? No, I mean, you know, it's been happening for 20 something year. Y'all the football people, y'all have all the statistics, but, uh, but anyway, I was cheering for them and, uh, you know, and, and was hoping uh, but uh, wasn't to be, you know. So, uh, so we'll just uh, we'll sit back and 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 watch how the rest. Uh, see if Kansas City makes it back to the Super Bowl and watch the Super Bowl. But, uh, but you know, it's been a great season for NFL, and uh, and uh, you know we got two big games coming up, and uh, it's gonna be uh, gonna be cool. Yeah, well,
2: I'll tell you what, Tyler. Even though the Cowboys lost, I'll tell you what, David can probably drown those sorrows in because I know I've been doing this the last few weeks. Always something good to look forward to. You can drown those sorrows, David, in some Ollie Olipop. <laughs> Olipop has partnered with the Let's Go Racing podcast. We want to tell you a little more about who they are, what they do. They're a new kind of soda. They're loaded with prebiotics, botanicals, and plant fiber. They taste really, really good. They taste like any kind of soda you've probably ever had. You can use the code DAVIDSTAR. Or Let's Go 15 to get 15% off your order at DrinkOllipop.com. That's DrinkOllipop.com. Olipop, a new kind of soda, and just been enjoying this cream soda, guys.
1: So, so Dom, that being said, please have some delivered at the Star, the Dallas Cowboys, this corporate office there, so uh, it'll put a smile on everybody's faces again. You know what I mean? <laughs> I
0: don't know, but – I don't know if they deserve any olipop David. I mean, (laughs) I'll be honest. I don't know if Dak should be the, the uh, quarterback for the Cowboys anymore.
1: Well, I mean, you know, man, you, yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know, again, you know, these, these guys are professionals. It's, you know, I'm, I'm speechless, you know, I'm, I'm searching for words, but, uh, you know, I guess the word you, you can come up with, you know, hearing you speak about Dak is inconsistent. You know, one week he's a hell of a quarterback, and the next week he does just an okay job, you know. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the 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 life and times of an NFL football player or, uh, you know, how about our kicker of the Dallas Cowboys, you know what I mean? Just, right, man, just, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's just uh, – you know, I mean, all the different cities—San Francisco, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, when you when you get a group of men and coaches, and it all comes together, and and you know, it's just uh, you got to enjoy it and 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 live in the moment because man, it doesn't last forever. You know, and and again, looking back on the Cowboys and 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 those Super Bowl wins they had back in the early '90s, and uh, uh, you know that group of uh, heroes and. NFL players, I mean, they had something special, you know, and uh you know it doesn't last forever so uh but you know the the Cowboys and so many other teams out there are looking for that uh looking for that specialness and that uh you know getting back to the glorious of making it back to the Super Bowl it's tough, man, there's some tough teams okay. out there, you know so, so
0: yeah today's Wednesday, so I got a few days to convince David. To let let me go with him uh, to the uh, Chiefs game Sunday. So if if you want David and I go to the Chiefs game Sunday, folks, uh, let us know in the comments section. Maybe convince <laughs> David to let me go. Uh, I think there uh, should be some sort
2: of threshold, David. Like if Tyler gets a hundred comments or fifty retweets, <laughs> you have to like cave and let him go with you.
1: Hey man, they, you know it's uh, you know Daytona's coming quick, dude. I mean, I'm just you know the stress I'm under and. You know, uh just dodging it, Tyler. Working work every angle, man, to to make sure solidify. Uh, you know, it just it takes, you know, you we've just been blessed with so many great partners, but you know, you uh uh you gotta have funding to to continue to race in this sport. And uh, man, I'm I'm like again, I'm fighting and scratching to stay in it and uh working hard and You know, going to the Kansas City Chiefs game on Sunday is just kind of part of that process, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, so uh, (laughs) I don't know how to answer your question, Tyler. Well, I'm trying to tell you, man. (laughs) That means means no. That's what he (laughs) said. Well, not really.
0: (laughs) Guys, uh, let's start with the the NASCAR Hall of Fame, uh, the latest list of inductees uh dom uh the the list uh highlighted by matt Kenseth. that's kind of where i want to start you look at matt's career um really good career and i mean just one of the best all-around drivers a guy that run at short tracks intermediates restrictor plates i guess he wasn't good at road courses i mean i guess that's it but other than that i mean he was a winner cup in xfinity level Um, He made some enemies, he had some friends, he won with multiple teams in uh, different manufacturers. Uh, The the career that Matt Kenseth had with the Daytona 500 wins, with the championship that he won, being a Hall of Famer, I think a lot of people wish they would have had the career of Matt Kenseth. I know people will point to the championship he had, he only had one win that year, but I don't think you can take that away from what he did for his entire career. I mean, what a career it was for Matt Kenseth.
2: Certainly. And we had Greg Biffle on the show last year, and and Biffle said it here. Biffle said it later in the year on the Dale Earnhardt Jr. download as well that Biffle kind of went down with the ship at Roush, but not necessarily the case for Kenseth. He was the first of those big three. After Mark Martin left, He had Kenseth, Edwards, Biffle holding down the fort there at Roush Fenway Racing, and Kenseth made that leap to Joe Gibbs Racing and won seven races in that first year right out of the gate in that 20 car, challenged for a championship, and continued to have multiple win seasons across the board with Joe Gibbs Racing throughout his time there and didn't end maybe the way he wanted to. Let's, Let's be honest. Matt Kenseth probably could have raced another two or three years but got forced out the door. Eric Jones came in in 2018. Kenseth, I think Tyler still had some competitive Time left on the table. Still had some competitiveness, and I think that's why we saw him come back. But you look at what he accomplished across his career. Coming into the Cup Series as a rookie in 2000, challenging with Dale Earnhardt Jr., beating him out for Rookie of the Year, winning that championship in 2003, going on to win 39 times in NASCAR's Elite Series, two Daytona 500s, a Southern 500. I believe the only thing he didn't pad with that resume was an Indianapolis Brickyard 400 win. But in that year that he subbed for Kyle Larson in the 42 car, he did finish second to Kevin Harvick and was close in a really, really tough year, tough spot for everybody. The career of Matt Kenseth is certainly a shining one in NASCAR's history and very, very awesome to see Matt Kenseth earn a spot in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. But it also leaves you with what if, Tyler? What if he would have jumped ship a little earlier? What if he would have had a little bit more competitive equipment 2008 to 2012? Could we have seen 50 wins, maybe a second championship? Who knows? There was more left on the table. Who knows? I, I still think Kenseth was still very competitive, and he didn't get to go out on his own terms. But nonetheless, Hall of Fame career.
0: But, I mean, at the same time, too, he still came back with the shot with Ganassi that COVID year And he doesn't run that well, in all honesty. You mentioned that second-place finish in the Brickyard, but never really had consistency. So I I still feel like he still somewhat got to go out on his own terms of sorts just because he didn't perform that year. But other than that, I mean, you're looking at Matt Kenseth, I mean, just so consistent in running up front. Didn't tear up equipment either. Um, He raced guys hard. He made some enemies. Joey Logano, Jeff Gordon um what 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 do you take away from uh from his career uh david
1: well you know just listening y'all speak about him uh they don't just put everybody in the hall of fame uh i think that speaks for itself uh awesome race car driver Uh, you don't, you don't show up at the racetrack every week to be friends with everybody. You know, you got a job to do. And sometimes you got to ruffle some feathers, you know what I mean? Uh, Because they'll ruffle yours. And uh, you know, he didn't go there to be friends with everybody. He went there to do a job and he he did a hell of a job doing his job and uh, you don't win championships and, and everything, everything he accomplished. I consider, you know, Matt is one of the all-time best. I mean, the guy was just solid. And uh, and to hear Dominic speak about Matt, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, he he probably was loyal to a fault. You know, he probably could have jumped ship a lot earlier. He kind of he kind of rode uh, the train a little bit too long. Uh, we knew the the downturn at Roush. You know, having uh, Greg Biffle on here with us, Greg rode it all the way to the end, basically and uh you know and and to see uh matt kind of jump ship and you know and people started saying you know it, you know we all knew it was rouse equipments and rouse the organization it just wasn't what it once was when they were dominating the sport uh but man when you see a guy like matt kids jump over to joe gibbs and win what seven eight races the following year i mean this guy i mean he he was consistent uh, if you know just all the years I raced with him he was always the guy running up front you knew you had to beat Matt Kenzie if he was going to win a race he was consistently top 10 top five I mean he just he was a hell of a race car driver you know and, and again uh congratulations to Matt but they don't they don't put just so-so drivers in the Hall of Fame you know what I mean and uh you know and, and uh, he only had 39 wins only but man, there's millions and millions of race car drivers out there, and a lot of us in the NASCAR world uh, that would love to have been in uh, Matt Kenseth's shoes and 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 have the type of career he's had. It was amazing, you know. And uh, what a, what a great guy for the, He was a great ambassador for the sport. He had some great sponsors. He, uh, man, he, uh, he 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 left a good mark on the sport, no doubt about it. And it, he was always entertaining. And uh, you know, he's kind of a Soft-spoken guy, he wasn't one of those guys that that ran his mouth a lot. But he he led his actions. He uh he spoke on the racetrack, you know. He did us talking on the racetrack, and he did it well. And uh, man, congratulations to him.
0: Well, and uh, Dom, I look at a guy like Matt Kenseth. There was never a point in time where he was the best driver in the sport. Never was. It's not a knock on him. Just being honest. Um, but if you put Matt Kenseth in different eras in this sport. We're talking about a whole lot more wins. In fact, I would even argue, if you take Matt Kenseth in his prime and put him in this era of racing, he wins more now than he would have back then. Or, you know, in the in the 90s or in the 80s, he would have won more. I mean, he was, you know, it was almost bad timing in his sport. Yeah, he still won 39 races and a championship and two Daytona 500 wins, but the talent was so good around him, that it kind of took away from what he could have done of his real potential for how good he really was.
2: That is interesting perspective. And really thinking about that too, that really shows how good of a driver he really was. We were going up against Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, Carl Edwards, Brad Keselowski, Tony Stewart. And you're still able to compete with these guys on a week, to week basis and sometimes beat them out consistently top 10 in points. Kenseth is Mr. Consistency. And that's, what we ultimately got with this ultimate change with the playoff format in 2004 because of how ultra-consistent Matt Kenseth could be as a driver, solid wheelman behind the wheel. But it is interesting to think that had his Cup career started a little earlier, could he have challenged Jeff Gordon a little bit more in the 90s? Would he have been a great driver in the 80s? It's it's great, great thought and food for thought to wonder. But, wow, it's it's amazing to see the career he had. But, yeah, it's a shock at the same time, too, that we're not talking about a 50-win career.
0: The uh, other Hall of Famers, uh, Kurt Shelmerdine. David uh, Dale Earnhardt would not have had the career he had without Kurt Shelmerdine. Those two were uh, quite the duo.
1: Man, just like, you know, a lot of uh, all of us, you know, I've, I've watched that duo that crew chief driver combination went a lot of races, and you know, and, and I asked the question because I don't know the answer. What did they win? Four championships, three championships together. It was amazing how many they four. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's I can't believe it I mean, took him this long to get in. Yeah, no doubt about it. But Kurt, Kurt was just man. He, uh, I mean, just man. Just the knowledge and and working with Richard Childress Racing, and just. Man, you know, he was just an iconic crew chief in the sport for a long time, you know, and then, uh, you know, I, when he retired, I don't really know the story of Kurt Shelmerdeen when he retired or when he uh, stepped out of that crew chief role for Dale Earnhardt, uh, you know, and then he, his passion was racing, he wanted to race himself and did race a lot, Uh but, man, nobody deserves more to be in the, the Hall of Fame than Kurt Shelmerdine. I think he had a hell of a career. And, and again, I don't know all the statistics, but uh, but well-deserved, and congratulations to him, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, Dom, I mean, Kurt Shelmerdine, I, I, I think it's ridiculous it took this long for him to get in. He should have been in a lot sooner. I do agree with that. And, and I look at that career, and, yeah, he's honored as
2: the crew chief of Dale Earnhardt, but – also, you can't overlook the fact that he did have a driving career, too. And he won some races in the ARCA series. He did send it packing in 92 after Earnhardt and him had a really rough season. They were outside the top 10 in points. And, and that was at a time, too, where the top 10 in points really carried a lot of weight. You wanted to make the top 10 final point standings or no playoff format. We wanted to make the stage in New York City at the Waldorf Astoria and thank your sponsors on national television. And that didn't happen in 92. And this is that Shelmerdine and Earnhardt were coming off two back-to-back titles in 90 and 91. Well, Shelmerdine pursued his racing career, and he ended up owning his own team, filled it his own cars. Tyler or David, one of my favorite Kirk Shelmerdine memories, if not the favorite, would be 2006 when he announced, okay, we're going to try to make the Daytona 500. He'd never made the 500. attempted multiple times. If he missed the 500, they were going to shut the team down. Well, they race, they qualify, and they he tries to race his way into the duels, and he's out. He's not in the 500, and they're loading up the car, and the team's going to shut down. And NASCAR officials run over to his hauler, tell, hey, no, 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 unload your car. You're in the Daytona 500. You made it in. Richard Childress had helped him with an engine for the Daytona 500. And after he made the Daytona 500, I can't remember who pitted the car, but he had a really stellar pit crew. And he had a group of Dale Earnhardt fans who purchased the entire tire bill for him to run the entire race. He ended up finishing, I think, 19th or 20th on the lead lap that day in the 2006 Daytona 500. And I think that just showed the will of Kirk Chalmers and his hustle and determination he had that as a crew chief, and he certainly had that as a driver. Now, his driving career started a lot later, and we're gonna get to really see that driving career pan out at the national level. But I think that has to be the best Kirk Shelmerdine story ever making the Daytona five hundred as a small shoestring team, owner driver, and then the the plethora of Dale and Hart fans coming to help.
1: yeah, that's man, an what awesome a story. what a cool story, man. I didn't want you to stop. i did, I did <laughs> I forgot about all that, man. that was that was pretty. Cool. When that, when I, now that you were speaking about it, I remember it. And uh, man, what a great story for Kurt Scheldmerdine to have his own team, make the Daytona 500. I mean, that was that was a big deal. And it's a, it's a big deal every year for a lot of the you know the teams that are struggling and uh, making making the Daytona 500 or not making a Daytona 500. It's it's a matter of keeping the doors open or not. You know, what I mean, that's how big of a race it is. And uh, and now you mentioned hearing you speak about that. Um, I remember it now you know that was a that was a cool that was a Cinderella story back then that was pretty cool stuff big Tom, time and I think too one more was, thing
0: here one yeah. more thing
1: before we move on to
0: Herschel McGriff just put it in perspective of you know Earnhardt and Shelmer of their time were the equivalent of Jeff Gordon Ray Everham Jimmy Johnson Chad Canals I mean in case people don't know like that was the impact at Kelp that, kept, that Shelmer Dean and Earnhardt had together
2: big time big time like you said 46 wins or 44 wins four championships It's a really good duo and it's really sad to see that the duo ended after a sour 92 year and Earnhardt went on to win two more titles the years after that that very well easily could have been Kirk Shelmer Dean atop the pit box calling that
0: yeah very well could have Uh, The last NASCAR Hall of Fame member that was inducted was uh, Herschel McGriff. I'll be honest, guys. I don't know a lot about Herschel McGriff, but just listening to this impressed me. Uh, Herschel McGriff is currently 95 years old. I'm glad that he got to see his Hall of Fame induction. Um, As recently as five years ago, Herschel McGriff ran a NASCAR sanctioned race at 90 years Four months and 21 days old. Not to mention that uh, his career included four Cup wins and a long career in the uh, Winston West Series. Uh, David, uh, you're gonna be hopping in a race car, running NASCAR races at 90 years old?
1: Man, I hope so. Man, that's that's <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, I mean that says a lot about Herschel McGriff. I don't know him, and, and I have to be honest, I don't know that much about him. Uh, you know but as long as I've been involved in the sport he's his name you know you've heard his name and and uh, I remember it was a big deal five years ago when Herschel McGriff ran a race he was 90 years old and and man it, it's kept him young you know and uh you know it's kept uh obviously man he still has that burning desire to race and uh you know to have the uh ability still and the strength uh to to even the want to was just incredible and uh and again I don't I don't know a lot of his uh uh uh, you know stats uh but I know he's been around and raced forever and uh man congratulations to him you know I think it's awesome that uh that he made it into the hall of fame and uh you know Dom I don't I don't know when his career started uh, and when it kind of, you know, we semi-retired, obviously, you know, ran in a race when you're 90 years old. So he really never really retired. But, you know, back in his days, what years they were and and uh, and how many cup races did he win?
2: Four. He four. won four races all in 1954. And David, his career started in 1950. He was a part of that original Southern 500 starting field where they had like 82 drivers or whatever the case was, that first Darlington race. And he so ran first- as late as
1: 1994. He was in the first Southern 500. Correct. Man, that's amazing. There's so much history you read about that race and, you know, all the characters that raced in that race. I never knew that Herschel McGriss, he was in the first Southern 500 at Darlington in 1950. That's amazing, man. (laughs) That that, is amazing.
2: And a career that spanned five decades from 1950 to 1994. I mean, can you think of any other driver that's had five
1: decades of NASCAR cup racing. That's insane to me. Man, that is insane. No, nope, man, it, if anybody needs to write a book, it's Herschel McGriff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, next year's Hall of Fame, 2024, um, you'll have three inductees again, as uh, you know, you'll have the two modern eras and then one from the pioneer era. And it seems like the modern era ones are going to be locks. Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss, I, and going in together. That's going to be pretty cool. When you look at the, the pioneer one, that's when things I think are pretty, pretty out there, you know, a lot of different possibilities. But beyond Jimmy and Chad, if they somehow change up the rules or something and allow more than three, there's a lot of worthy contenders, Jeff Burton, Carl Edwards, AJ Foyt, Harry Grant, Harry Hyde, um, you know Ricky Rudd, uh, you know just just to name a few here. When I look at that that group David, I mean Chad and Jimmy for sure, I'll be very intrigued what what they do for that pioneer spot, but it seems like Chad and Jimmy going in together that's going to be a big deal in 2024.
1: Man, that's that's a big deal. I mean, what what they accomplished together uh is extraordinary you know and i don't it's never been done or will it ever be done again you know i don't know but uh you know obviously you know definitely those two guys deserve it uh the pioneer one's the one i'm kind of can't wait to hear who it's going to be you know obviously the uh my my good friend my hero aj Foyt man from houston texas you know uh You know, I'd I'd love to see A.J. get into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. But the truth of the matter is, you know, I don't know how many starts uh, A.J. Foyt has as a NASCAR driver, but I do know he won the 1972 Daytona 500 and competed in a lots of lots of NASCAR Cup races. You know, I don't know how many overall wins he has. But, you know, when I when I used to fly with him on his airplane, we talked a lot about NASCAR and, and uh and uh, you know, the different races and uh I picked his brain about back in that era and 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 I was at the first nineteen ninety-four Brickyard four hundred that he that he ran that he ran that race. He was already retired and he came out of retirement and ran that race. Uh, I was there with him and uh but you know, I don't know um, you know uh A.J. Foyt, you know, I know there's others that made a career out of racing and NASCAR racing for years that might be more deserving to go into the NASCAR Hall of Fame before A.J., even though A.J. is considered probably the world's ever best race car driver ever. You know what I mean? Helm and uh, Richard Petty, Mario Andretti, those types of guys, you know, so uh, be interesting to see who that pioneer is going to be, Tyler.
0: Yeah, Dom. I mean, it seems like Chad and Jimmy are locks to get the modern spots, but the Pioneer one, uh, there's there's a plenty of options out there. It Doesn't seem like a thing that's set in stone for sure. And
2: yeah, the one that comes to mind too, and 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 David racing in this history in the series the last five six years. Anytime you mention the name Sam R, you're in great company in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And it's a shock to me that Sam's not a part of the NASCAR Hall of Fame yet. So. He was, I was a nominee this past year. He was a nominee. He definitely was a nominee, but still hasn't made it into the Hall of Fame. I I could see a strong case being made for the inaugural NASCAR Xfinity Series champion and somebody whose who's career got cut short.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and, uh, and he would fit the mold for the Pioneer category uh, compared to the mo- modern category, so something to uh, think about. We'll see uh, what happens in uh, 2024 with the NASCAR Hall of Fame there. Uh, News and notes coming up in just a bit. Also got to ask David in a moment as well. Uh, Don, let's start out with the uh, news and notes. Plenty going on in the NASCAR world as we're uh, counting down the days of Daytona.
2: Counting down the days of Daytona, but we've already seen NASCAR vehicles on the racetrack. So NASCAR next-gen testing happened at Phoenix Raceway this week. Among the testees included Ryan Blaney and 07 time. Jimmy Johnson making a return to the NASCAR Cup Series. But his first time, and you really think about it, guys, his first laps in a NASCAR next-gen vehicle coming at Phoenix Raceway Legacy Motor Club. And, And also twofold with that announcement, too. The team announcing earlier this week that Todd Gordon, who is the longtime Team Penske crew chief, is coming out of retirement to help aid Jimmy Johnson in the crew chiefing role for the Legacy Motor Club number 84 entry. But at this time, there's not an exact number of races, at least the time of this podcast coming out, of how many races Jimmy Johnson will run in 2023.
0: David, uh, we also heard add to that note, too. Uh, Jimmy Johnson said that his Indy days are likely done. He said those door, that door has likely been shut. Probably not going to see Jimmy do the double this year and might not see him in IndyCar again. It looks like he's back to the NASCAR fold uh, completely here. And uh, so with that said, working with Todd Gordon, he's won a championship. He's had a really good uh, career himself. Can't get much better than that for Jimmy uh, for this part-time schedule be paired with uh, with Todd Gordon here, David.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. It's an interesting pairing, you know what I mean? And uh... – but man, lots of uh, knowledge, lots and tons of knowledge. You know, obviously, with Jimmy Johnson as a race car driver and Todd Gordon as a crew chief, you know, uh, you bring those two together, and you know, I, I'm, you know, I was just just listening to y'all speak about the test today, and it was Jimmy Johnson's first time in a next gen race car. I can't really wait to. read up his response and and to hear his feedback you know I mean uh what his first thoughts were when he when he you know when he first got in the car and ran you know however many laps he ran for the first run I can't wait to to uh you know just see what his response is and uh and uh you know and then to to learn how many races Jimmy's going to run this year uh be interesting I hope he uh you know, I like to see him run you know, the whole season. We know that's not going to happen. But, you know, you want to see him run enough races where uh, he and Todd can understand what they're dealing with with this new car and to see how competitive he, competitive he is. You know, obviously, Jimmy Johnson, the, the, there's not a better race car driver out there in the old style race cars, uh, uh, the, the different ones he's raced over the years. Uh, he's the best of the best and it's just interesting to see, uh, it's going to be interesting for me to see how he performs with this new next gen car and, and, and to see how they figure it out, you know what I mean? And, uh, be, it's going to be interesting. I know they'll have a lot of help with it. Uh, you know, uh, being from uh, Eric, you know, the Eric Jones won a race last year, uh, and how competitive that they were all year, uh. So it ain't like they're starting from scratch, but it's going to be interesting to me to see how it uh, how it all works out, you know, in the process, and and to hear Jimmy's feedback, and even to hear Todd Gordon's feedback, you know. To I don't believe Todd crew chief's the next gen car, or am I wrong about that, guys? No, you know what I'm saying. I mean, so you got a you got a very uh, uh, you know a successful crew chief that has plenty of wins and championships and and then obviously the all-time best race car driver and it's it'd be interesting to see both of them's thoughts and their thought process and to just to see you know you know to read about what they think of this next gen car you know I can't wait to hear what you know Todd Gordon thinks about how they set it up you know it's completely different from what they worked on uh, pretty much their whole careers, both of them, you know, Jimmy driving and Todd Gordon, what he's, you know, all the setups and the preparations of the different cars that they've won races with and championships. It's, I can't wait to to learn about what their feedback is. So let me ask you both this then. So Jimmy Johnson, Todd Gordon
2: hopping back and working together and coming both out of retirement. We saw it, what, 10 years ago, Mark Martin would run a partial schedule and cherry pick the races he'd want to run. And you would see instant success out of the gate. Is this what we're going to see out of Johnson and Gordon? I mean, it's it's a match made in heaven. Two championship-winning driver and crew chief pairings here that are coming together. But we always know that doesn't mean overnight success necessarily. But can we see Johnson and Gordon knock off top ten and top five finishes out of the gate? What do
0: you guys think about that? I think it's possible. But, I mean, let's be honest here, too. I mean, just being, you know, The realist around here, uh, I guess, not to be negative Nancy, just being real with you, last time we saw Jimmy racing cup cars, he wasn't good. I mean, just being honest here, he he was not good. And so that's where my concern is. We know that Jimmy is talented. He's arguably the greatest of all time. But I don't know what to expect. I think I I wouldn't go out on a limb and say, yeah, he's going to be running top 10. Just because we haven't seen him to that level in
1: a long time, David. Yeah, you know, uh, right there at the end when they were struggling, uh, you know, I think they lost their engineer, their head engineer. there was some there was some personnel changes, and I think it fe- affected really uh, the overall performance of Jimmy's car. Uh, you know, interesting to see, you know, it's a it, would come back, uh, 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 but it's interesting to see. Yeah, You know, again, to, to get their feedback and to see him run his first race, uh, you know, that's one of the question marks, you know what I mean? I mean, he might jump in there and he might take to it, you know, from the start, you know, and, and just, you know, seeing how Kevin Harvick and others uh, that kind of struggled with uh, the next gen race car, not all. I mean, some of the superstars of our sport, you know, who we're used to seeing running the top five, winning races, you know, it's no big surprise that uh, there's a lot of them that struggled, and and they finally figured it out. But you know, having uh, you know, having a, a you know the team that's already won races, and 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 uh, and they were very competitive all year. Eric Jones, and uh, uh, it, it's it's to me, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, right out of the gate, how they, how they do, you know what I mean? And, and it's just because we watch other superstars uh, with plenty of wins and talent struggling the car, you know what I mean? So it, I think it's, it's really, I think it comes down to resources, uh, uh, you know, the resources and the, and the information that they've already learned about this car with that organization is they're going to be able to plug it in. And I, I think you're going to see them, come out of the box pretty strong from the start my opinion
0: yeah I think uh I think it'll be interesting to see how that uh, all plays out for sure what else we got going Dom
2: well over the weekend this past weekend the National Motorsports Press Association which is a group of journalists that make up the sport and give your heavy hitters that are part of the organization they held their annual convention where they hand out top three awards for different categories across sport including different news different photography best photography best articles etc i got to give a shout out here our managing editor justin malillo won for the best race coverage for his article at pocono we were there when there were just a few reporters left and they announced the dqs and he wrote up a great article obviously i'm biased towards that and that's our first in company history to earn an npa award but also included on that at their convention. They handed out the Richard Petty Driver of the Year Award. I thought it was a very interesting yet well-deserving award. Ross Chastain was named the 2022 Richard Petty Driver of the Year Award by the National Motorsports Press Association. Guys, I think we can largely attribute that to his Hail Melon move and getting into the championship for that move (laughs) at Martinsville.
0: So, I mean, he had a breakout year, and Ross was awesome. But – I don't know, David, it sounds weird for me to give driver of the year to the guy that didn't win the championship. When I think driver of the year, I'd go Joey Logano.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Joey was just, you know, Joey's great self. I mean, you know, you knew Joey Logano was going to be competitive. You knew he was going to win races. You knew he's a championship contender. Uh, Everything he did, that's the normal Joey Logani we're used to seeing, you know. I mean, we really wasn't surprised to see him win races to see a championship. I mean, the Penske organization, Joey Logano, that's going to be strong championship caliber team for years to come. Uh, So uh you know for Ross Chastain i mean you look at all the drivers this was his breakout year the you know the 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 fierce rivalry he had with several drivers and and you know running up near the front and uh you know he said hey man i'm not really used to running up here near the front like i have been it was definitely a breakout year he did some extraordinary moves on the racetrack. I don't know what uh, Dominic called it, the hell, hell, whatever, hell, what do you call it, Don? Martinsville move? The hell, Rock- the hell melon
2: instead of the hell melon move.
1: Martinsville was, I think that had been probably the, one of the, the all-time best move ever in the sport, history of the sport. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's well-deserved. I, I think... You know, I understand what you're saying, Tyler. Uh, usually, those those types of awards go to the to the men and women that have won championships and uh, stuff like that. But but I really think that Ross Chastain was the right person to give that award to in, in 2022.
0: All right, uh, a couple more, uh, Dom, uh, rookie of the year candidates. We. We had an idea who they were, but now we officially know who they are. Ty Gibbs, despite running as much as he did at the end of the season, is still going to be eligible to win Rookie of the Year.
2: Absolutely. Same with Noah Gregson. Both drivers filling in for guys that were originally supposed to be in those cars for all 36 races. But NASCAR, if you recall, has changed up the rules on the Rookie of the Year eligibility in the NASCAR Cup Series. Prior to 2011, when he had to declare points for a season, You got thrown up to seven races per year, and that wouldn't hurt your eligibility. But my understanding too, and I I believe I'd seen Bob Pachris of Fox Sports mention this last year, is that NASCAR weighs it out on an individual case-by-case basis. And that's why Trevor Bain was not eligible for Rookie of the Year in 2015 when he finally made the full-time leap. Because he was running 10, 15, 20 races, but that was across multiple seasons. Now we're seeing this with Gregson and Ty Gibbs. They both ran double-digit amount of cup races last year. But it's going to be a great rookie class. I don't know if we're going to see them up front like we did in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Of course, the Cup Series is a whole new ballgame. But I think it will be nonetheless a fitting rookie class. But I don't know about you guys, but I wish they would do the rookie class just based on how many points you earned straight up across the year, taking out playoffs and everything. Because we knew right away, unless another rookie pointed their way into the playoffs or won a race, Austin Cindric was going to be the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series Rookie of the Year.
0: Same with uh, a few years back, Colt Custer won Rookie of the Year. He he won. He clinched it, you know, before the playoffs even began. But uh, looking at that Rookie of the Year battle, David um, Ty is in a better situation running for JGR. But I think Noah is just as talented, or right up there with Ty. Um, you know, if if this Legacy Motor Club team can figure some things out. I think Ty and Noah could be running neck and neck for rookie of the year, but just considering the circumstance, I think Ty's got a bit, a of, bit of advantage here.
1: Yeah. I probably agree with that Tyler, but you know, you're looking at two fierce young competitors that were going to be super our superstars of our sport for years to come. Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, we're going to watch it. We're, we're going to watch this rivalry from the start, you know, their cup series and, uh, I, I just think, man, we're going to be watching these guys battle for years to come and uh, they're fierce competitors. Uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't think they're, uh, I don't think they go to dinner together much, you know what I mean? And that makes it more exciting for all of us to tune in, you know what I mean? So, uh,
0: but Which yeah, you'd know,
1: rather go to dinner with David what's that which one would you rather go to dinner with well it ain't about me right now uh, (laughs) very political uh, answer from you yeah yeah but uh uh you know but you know both of them were driving for really i mean obviously i would i would agree with you tyler that uh ty gibbs has an advantage with the, the the you know joe gibbs racing organization and and, uh, but, uh, you, but man, you cannot count out, uh, you know, the other guy and his organization, you know, look, Jimmy Johnson's over there at Tom, you know, t- uh, uh, what is it? Tommy Gordon or, uh, you know, uh, Todd Gordon. yeah, Todd Gordon. And, uh, you know, Eric Jones and his crew chief. I mean, what they've done, I mean, they've really, uh, you know, they, they just surprised the heck out of me. They They ran great all year long, that 43 car last year. And, uh, you know, so uh man, it's I think it's gonna be a heck of a battle battle for the for the rookie honors, you know, in two thousand twenty three. I think we're gonna see some great racing and hopefully a little little uh sparks flying here and there, you know what I mean? So uh it's gonna be exciting.
0: Yeah, well it will be. Uh Dom, who do you think is gonna win rookie of the year? Okay. On the record right now, if – If one of
2: them doesn't make the playoffs and it's just straight up points, I'm going to say Ty Gibbs. I think, like you said, Gibbs has the better equipment. They're both fierce competitors. We know they can both wheel the heck out of a Cup Series car, but I think Gibbs will earn a few more top tens. I think he wins rookie of the year. I'm guessing you share that same sentiment.
0: Yeah, I got Ty Gibbs too, but, um, you know, we we saw Noah really emerge and come along at the end of last year. I think it's going to be uh, pretty tight between those two. And uh, one more note, uh, Dom, the uh, the track is built and ready to go at the Clash, and uh, we already know who our Grand Marshal is going to be. We already know our Grand Marshal is going to be. How fitting
2: that it's taking place in Southern California. What university plays football in that stadium or has a great history around that place? Oh, yeah, USC. And what better way than USC quarterback Caleb Williams to be the grand marshal for the second annual clash at the Coliseum. NASCAR announced on January 22nd that Caleb would be the grand marshal for the race in two weeks. The season opening race will be on Fox, and it's going to be a night race here in a couple of weeks. And guys, they just keep making cool announcements. Wiz Khalifa is going to be there. There's a lot of hype around this race, and I think it's going to be even bigger a second time around.
0: Yeah, uh, Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, USC quarterback going to be the honor, uh, Grand Marshall. Uh, that'll be pretty cool to, to see him there. And, and, uh, you know, David, for years, people talked about the idea of, you know, maybe not making the Daytona 500 the opening race, of maybe pushing it back a couple weeks and really letting the season warm up a little bit. I think NASCAR's getting what they wanted in a kickoff event of some sorts. With the Bush Clash right before the Super Bowl, and then leading in building some momentum towards the Daytona 500, it it not only is the Clash going to be a great event, L.A. Coliseum and everything, but I think just from a schematic standpoint of sorts, NASCAR is getting what they need out of the Clash to to kickstart the season heading into Daytona here.
1: Man, I, th- I think they've done a tremendous job. The sophomore year of the Clash, I think, is going to be even better than the than the. You know, inaugural uh, man. The inaugural was incredible, and uh, you know, I just think it's just—it's kind of cool, man. It's just different and cool, you know. There was so much beating and banging last year, and hell, you had pit bull entertaining everybody during intermission time, and uh, man, it was just a different type of a NASCAR race, but it was so cool. And, uh, you know, Joy Le- Legato came out on top, but, uh, but man, it, it was exciting. I was excited about it. And I know a lot of the, a lot of my friends that are big NASCAR fans were as well. And, uh, and to see them come back again to the LA Coliseum and, uh, you know, and, and, and man, it's going to be interesting, you know, cause now, you know, it's, and it's really kind of interesting, uh, that, the racetrack was 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 dug up, you know. It's not the same racing service, They rebuilt the racetrack; it's brand new. So again, the you know the it ain't like uh, you know they kind of have they kind of have an idea how to drive it, but the pavement's brand new. It's you know, and uh, I don't know. It just brings another element to it, but it's gonna be. Uh, I just think it's freaking exciting it's interesting it's new and and i think it's cool that they kick off our season at the clash at the la coliseum it's just so different than what we're used to and and uh, i think they, they've hit a home run with it yeah
0: uh that's a big deal uh i'm excited about the Clash to get here great way to start off our season dom i mean you can't watch an nfl playoff game the last few weeks without seeing an ad for the clash i mean <laughs> Fox, NASCAR, everybody's just hyping this thing up. And ticket sales, they've already sold more tickets for this year's Clash than they did at this time for last year's Clash. Well, you can even feel the energy just being around the area. I've never been
2: to the Clash race. I've been to the Coliseum, and I went with my wife about a month and a half before the race, the first inaugural race. You can just tell the environment there. They had banners all across the parking lots and just promoting this. And even bigger a second time around the second year that they're going to be doing it, And like you said, we need something that is a little bit of a precursor to Daytona, the Daytona 500. We had the clash at Daytona, and it it ran its course and did great. But for years, we had that race at Riverside that opened the season, like a month out
0: before the 500.
2: We're kind of getting that back now, Tyler.
0: Yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, And uh, going on, you know, the, the week before the Super Bowl, uh, nobody cares about the Pro Bowl. It's going to be the biggest event of the whole week that week before the Super Bowl. So I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty exciting. Can't wait for it. Uh, next segment before we get out of here is our Ask David segment, where we ask you to submit questions to us on uh, Facebook, uh, also on Twitter by email. podcast at gmail.com is where you can find us there to submit your questions to us and David each and every week and our next question comes uh first question in the inbox this week comes from Joe. Joe wants to know, David, what's your favorite type of dessert?
1: Mm-hmm. man, that's an easy one, you know i'm I'm uh you know I, I love ice cream from people that know me, man I just I love ice cream and uh you know most of us do, but man. You know, when I'm at a restaurant or, you know, at, at a race somewhere, man, I, I know where all the great ice cream places are, you know, and, uh, you know, who doesn't like good ice cream after a great meal, you know what I mean? That's, that's my, that's my, that's my, that's, man, that's my favorite dessert. Uh, it's, heck, you know, not even dessert, I, I, I'd eat it all the time if I could, you know, <laughs> but uh, what about you guys, man? That's a pretty cool question. I think ice
0: cream's a good answer. Um, and and David is been 100% accurate about his love for ice cream. I think about the – it's like the second or third time I went out to dinner ever with David Dom, um, and this man goes to the Olive Garden, and he asked him, Hey, can you take ice cream and Dr. Pepper and make me a Dr. Pepper float? <laughs> I've never even heard of such a thing. I didn't know it existed. And you know what, Dom? They did it.
2: <laughs> I'm not surprised. And I bet you it tasted amazing. Every time I've gone team with David, <laughs> I usually see a big, healthy scooping of vanilla ice cream going with that. And my friend, I got to agree with you. I think cake and ice cream are really, really good dessert. And just to, just to play nice, I guess, if we're going to talk like healthy desserts, Man, especially when it's in season. I know you're a fan of it too, Dave, and probably you, Tyler, too. You'll see me just tearing up watermelon. I can eat like two pounds of watermelon, not think twice about it, especially if it's sweet and it's grown different. Like we were out there at Texas in October. I think you were there, Tyler, on the Friday night, I think after practice or maybe Saturday after the Xfinity race. One of the nights we were at the Chasco compound, and I pretty much destroyed the entire tray of watermelon. And I, I had no chance. <laughs>
0: Watermelon, that, that, that's, that's a
1: fruit. That's not a dessert. Come on now. That ain't my go-to dessert, uh, Tyler, but it, I, I don't, we all like our watermelon.
0: <laughs> uh, I, <think laughs> I was eating watermelon will. before the show, man. It's so Absolutely. good. Absolutely. Awesome. I think he's, tra- he's trying to be friends with uh, Ross Chastain. You know? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, next question uh, in the inbox. Uh, this one comes from Bryce. Bryce wants to know, David
1: what movies have you watched recently that you liked man that's a great question for the for you guys that know me uh you know i i don't sit down and watch much television you know and going to the movies the local news (laughs) i I like my local news you know what i mean because you know i can sit down late at night when i finally get home and chill out and i I take you know i love the news see what's going on in the world in the country and and uh but you know uh um I, me and my wife just went to the movies last week and we saw the, the, the new movie with, um, uh, God dang it, um, Auto. The movie Auto was extremely, I don't know if y'all have seen it, I've heard about it. Have y'all? No, I can't. i no.
2: not I'm give it
1: away. Tom oh, Hanks uh, man. A Man Called Otto with A uh, Man Tom called Hanks. Otto Tom Hanks. Oh, okay, okay. And it was it was it was really different, but was a cool movie. So that was my last movie, which I hadn't really been to a movie theater in years. And it was nice to to finally go to a movie theater, hold my wife's hand, drink a Dr. Pepper, have some popcorn. It was pretty cool. And uh I'm sitting in there, you know, and my phone goes off and man. <laughs> She wasn't happy about that, you know. But it's been a while since I've been to the movies, you know. <laughs> but uh, but man, that was uh, it, that was it was a great Tom Hanks movie. It was just so different. And uh, but man, I uh, I'm just not one. I'm, I'm I mean, I got a lot of energy. I don't sit I don't sit around that much watching movies. You know what I mean? So uh, but Tom Hanks was uh, the last one. It was a man called Otto. And then the one before that, you know, for those that know me kind of well, you know, I'm a big Elvis Presley fan, and uh, you know, the Elvis movie was the one prior to that that I that I really loved and, and watched uh, a couple of times, and uh, just because I've, you know, I love Elvis music, and uh, Elvis music is timeless, and. Uh, you know, it's kind of uh, I, I just love El- everything about the Elvis Presley. You know, so uh, I watched that movie. But man, what a great question! How about how about you guys, man? Enough about me. What about you guys, man? So I'm the last say-
0: movie I saw in theaters was Top Gun Maverick, uh, the, uh, the 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 second Top Gun movie that came out this summer. That was the best movie I saw all last year. It was phenomenal, incredible. Um, Tom Cruise. I'm a big Tom Cruise fan. Um, I thought it was even better than the original Top Gun. And I love the original Top Gun. So,
1: you, you know, I, Tyler, hearing you say that, man, I, I hear people ranting and raving about how awesome uh, that movie Top Gun is, you know? And uh, so I need to watch it sometime. Yeah,
0: you would like it, David. Uh, yeah. If you got a need for speed, That's then, it. Uh, then you'd like that, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Dom? I'm like Dave. The last movie I saw in theaters
2: was that Elvis movie. I saw that with my wife over the summer and she is a huge Elvis fan. And We got to go to Graceland last year. That was a cool trip. And I think being able to see the movie was definitely a greater appreciation for the music and, and just to really appreciate how truly big he was as an icon in American media. And, and yeah. Great movie. I really enjoyed that biopic. That's the last
0: movie I saw in theaters. I saw uh, I saw that Elvis movie on HBO or something, and before I went to Graceland a few weeks ago, and absolutely loved it. Uh, oh, great, so great yes,
1: hundred percent, great movie. I think it was presented really well. Yes. it, it, it was. You know, and man, it's just saddened uh, the passing of uh, his daughter Lisa Marie Presley. Man, yes. it's just devastating news about that. We, uh, me and my watch wife, wife watched the funeral uh from Graceland uh, uh on last Sunday and uh, just just man just uh just tragic man that's all I can say just sad but uh but anyway it's um uh, you know it is what yeah. it is I guess. Yeah.
0: Um when when I was at Graceland even you know it's just about a month ago, um Lisa Marie had her own mu has her own museum now. Mm-hmm. And uh, right there, Graceland and everything. And what a story with her and, and her legacy and just everything with Graceland. I mean, if you haven't been to Graceland, you need to take time to go and, and see what it's all about there Memphis. Just incredible.
1: guys. Tyler, how, uh, how many times have you all been? I've One. been to Graceland twice. I think I've been probably 18, 19 times. <laughs> I not it was that many times, David. That many times. I mean, and really we uh you know, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, we race uh, we raced every year at the Memphis Motorsports Park there. It was a cool racetrack. And man, uh, you know, even though even before I was racing there at Memphis, I would go to Graceland. I just I love Elvis Presley. I was a I'm a big fan of his and uh man, you, you know. I never get tired of going to Graceland. I just think it's a really, it's just, it's cool. It's like a time capsule of Elvis's home where he loved to hang out, where he, you know, it was his uh, where his, his go-to place, you know, and it's, it's cool how they kind of preserved his house from the time he passed away to, to now, you know, it's cool yeah. to yeah. see what it was like when he, when he passed, you know, it's pretty cool, pretty neat deal. I don't know when the last time you went was,
0: David, but uh, that place has changed a lot. Graceland has. They've built a whole entertainment complex now across the street, and they're doing live shows uh, there, and they got like four museums in addition to Graceland now. I mean, it's incredible what they've done to Graceland uh, within the last uh, couple of years
1: or so. I mean, Sounds like I need to make another trip.
0: Yeah, it was a whole different experience <laughs> from the last time I would went several years right, ago. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, my family, we've always been close to the Presleys. Uh, you know, my, Elvis, he, uh, he played at uh, my great-grandparents' grand opening of their store on Beale Street uh, when he was 12 years old, um, and, you know, very many years ago, and so –
1: Man, I love Bill Street. You know, I always, when I'm there, I go to Bill Street, go by Sun Records, you know, where they first, yeah. where Elvis, Elvis walked past there and first, they first discovered him. Yeah, my grandma him. worked at uh, Sun Records. She did? That's amazing, did. man. Unbelievable, you know. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Kim had a friend over here last night and she said oh, Elvis, Elvis dated uh, Kim's friend's uh husband's mom you know what i mean it's like wow you know what i mean it was just kind of uh you know it's kind of interesting to hear that type that types of information you know and uh pretty pretty cool stuff maybe we need to do a live show from graceland one of these days Oh yeah Yeah, we do we need to do that sometime i think that'd be pretty awesome have that rusty walls car in the backdrop oh it'd be perfect oh yeah we can pay his film you know elvis you know i think he he uh, made a movie called Speedway, you know what I mean? That, a lot of it really was filmed at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and uh, that was kind of a cool thing, you know? So, yeah. yeah. You ever seen Speedway, Tyler? I don't think I have. I
0: might need to watch that now. Great uh, movie. Great movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Guys, uh, what what an interesting end to the show. I didn't expect this to go this way. <laughs> direct- Absolutely. I love, uh, you,
1: you never but, know what we're going to be talking about, right, Tyler?
0: Oh, I love it. That's why this show is so awesome to do each and every week with you guys. It's been a pleasure. We will uh, be back here next week. Kenny Wallace will join us. And uh, Dom, Kenny Wallace, uh, it's it's going to be entertaining next week. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, it is.
2: Well, I was telling David and Tyler before we got started on the show here, I was talking with Kenny earlier this week about coming on the show and this will give you an idea of what we're in for next week, right? Episode 98 is going to be a special treat with Kenny Wallace. I call him. I tell him, hey, can we get you booked on one of the next upcoming shows? But even before that, he picks up the phone and he goes, Caller, you're on the line with Kenny Wallace. <laughs> Such a character, even on the phone. So he's going to be even more fun next week on the podcast. And we're, we're – Gonna promote it as much as we can. So start getting those questions in now. That inbox fills up pretty quick. You can shoot us those messages on Twitter and Facebook. Tyler, I imagine it's gonna be a lot of fun with Kenny, very candid and off the rails. Yeah, might have to get him some olipop,
1: you know. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. He don't need any of that, Tyler. He's already happy. <laughs> <laughs> We will uh, see you guys then.
0: I hope you have a a great rest of your week. As always, you can follow us on social media, Twitter at Star Podcasts, Facebook at uh, Star Podcasts as well. Email us, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Hit that like button as well. And uh, we'll put the checkered flag out on this episode. See you next week when uh, Kenny Walsh stop by and join us for... Dominic Olegon and David Starr. Tyler Jones, thanks so much. It's been another edition What's the Race? i see you next time.